fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor! Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to Take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see thy lovely face. Clothed in the blood-washed linen, how I'll sing thy wondrous grace. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry, take my ransom soul away. Send thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Amen. Wow, that was good. Amen. Well, you glad you're here tonight? I'm going to hurry so you can get out. I'm going to... I'm going to talk real fast tonight. 
Okay, the first person I see looking at a phone, checking scores, and some of you already know what the score is, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Got a Bible app on your phone. Liar. Um, you know, it's, it's so sad. I've watched a bunch of football in my days, and the, the truth is, the longer you, you, you serve the Lord, the longer you live, the more you just realize it don't really matter. And, and um, I hardly ever watch anything anymore because the truth is, I always pull for the underdog. Whoever the underdog is, I pull for the underdog. That means I can change who I want to win like 10 times during a game. <laughs> Because this one goes behind, then that one goes behind, and then, you know, and, and, and I'll just tell you, it just, it hurts my spirituality. My wife knows I, I pretty much quit watching uh, TV, uh, I mean, quit watching football games when I, uh, uh, in the middle of a football game, threw my remote control at the TV. And so, uh, and I didn't stop then, I'd stopped when I saw my daughter throw the remote control at the TV. <laughs> And I thought, I think they're learning too much from me. And so it's just, um, God bless you. But I do thank you for being here because the honest truth is, there's a lot of people who aren't. Uh, sadly enough, there's a lot of churches that have canceled tonight. Uh, there's some that are having Super Bowl parties, right? Right at this moment, they're watching the Super Bowl as a church. And I'm not going to condemn them for whatever they do, however they do, whatever the reason is. But the scripture says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. That means that uh, no matter what comes, uh, we're supposed to stay straight on down the line what we believe. And, uh, and he, it makes it real clear. He says, but then it says this. He says, you know, don't waver. God's faithful. God has promised. He's going he's gonna to do what he said to do. Now just be a person that does what they say they're going to do and be commitment. Whatever commitment you make, you follow through it. Whatever's coming that, you know, uh, be honest with you, I came under the teaching that just said that, uh, you, you know, my, my preacher was taught by uh, Lee Robertson was one of his influences. And he said three to thrive. That means, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, just go to church. Uh, and somehow it was instilled in me from the very get-go that once I realized you're supposed to go to church, you're just supposed to go. Amen. You're supposed to go. You say, well, you know, what if I don't feel like it? You're still supposed to go. And, and what if there's something else going on? You're still, still supposed to go. And, and so, and that was way before they had, uh, what do they call that, uh, that recording? DVR, there you go. That, you know, we even went before we had DVR. It meant when you missed the football game, you just missed it. And so, and the fact is, though, but in all of that, in, the, in us being very intense about what we believe, and the fact that when God says go, we go, then it says something else. So it says, but, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You know, the truth is, I think God's kind of looking at us and saying, okay, I'm, I, you've made this commitment and I'm praising you right now. I'm praising you because you that are here, you made a commitment to be here, even though the biggest thing in the world is going on right now, Super Bowl. And, uh, and we, you, you're here, you're here in church and because that's a decision that you made. But as we do that, you may know somebody right now that is 
they, they chose to stay home because they just don't want to miss it. They don't even want to see it on replay because they're afraid somebody's going to tell them the score before they get home. But God says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You know, the truth is, is that we need to find every way we can to encourage everybody about the love of God. Amen. You know, I, I get frustrated. I get frustrated about a lot of things. I get frustrated about the way people act. I get frustrated about, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I get frustrated when it seems like evil just reigns and gets away with it. And you think, and I'll say, Lord, when is judgment coming? And every time I say that, he says, are you ready for it? And I think, okay, Lord, I understand. You know, look, I, I, I appreciate, I really love the fact that you are full of grace and mercy and patience with me. And therefore, in order to be full of grace and mercy and patience with me, you got to be full of grace and mercy and patience with everybody else. And so, but God says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And then he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Again, this is building. He's saying, look, I want you to provoke each other to love and to good works. But God says that, that look, I, I, I want you to get together. I want you to sim, assemble together and, and to, to be together. Uh, he says, I don't want you to forsake it, but while we are here and we're not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, he still says, don't think bad of those who are not here. Because we're no better than they are because we showed up. We're still a piece of dirty flesh. I kind of, and I'm hoping that, you know, it'll be this way before I end. I want to encourage you. But tonight, Joe Beth and I will, will, of course, step away from the church for a few weeks. And I'll be honest with you, today has been a wonderful day. I, I was just, a, honestly... Y'all may already be able to tell, I'm very at peace when I preach the Word of God. I just, I'm at peace when I preach. I am not at peace at going through anything that has organization. <laughs> I struggle going through the Lord's Supper. I struggle. It's very important to me. It's very, it's very important in my, but... I, you ask my wife, she has to detail everything like this out, everything that we do, the, the couple's retreat. My wife writes out everything that I'm supposed to do. Now, she knows it's really probable that that's not what I'm going to do. But I have to have that to go to to look to kind of keep me knowing what direction I'm supposed to go. Because she knows in this list of things to do, I'm going to do this all over the place, but I'll get them done. Right, babe? And so I, I struggle a little bit of that until it becomes sort of routine for me, so a, a systematic thing for me. But it's almost, we were kind of feeling that as we were here, and, and, and to step away for us, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But here's my challenge. I beg you, please, don't let it be a little bit of a struggle for you. Keep on doing what you're supposed to do. Keep on doing everything you've been doing. I've been absolutely amazed 
at this church. I really have. It's just so many people have, have jumped in. So many people have been doing what they're supposed to do. So many people have been getting the job done. Uh, you know, I walk around here and, and I think, I should have learned a lot more about how to do things here at the church in the last five weeks. But the truth is, I haven't because everything's getting done. And I'm walking around like, well, nothing to do. You know, everything's getting done. And so I love it. So just keep doing that while you're going through another couple, two or three weeks of transition. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. God is blessed and God needs each, to be, uh, each of us here to be faithful over the coming days. In order to do that, God has given some wonderful principles here. We must encourage each other to provoke each other, to continue to love, to labor and to serve. Tonight, and I, I don't know that I'll be able to really do it, but, but tonight, I just it seems to me that that before we leave out of here on a night when maybe it's not as many people here, maybe it's not, maybe some people that should be here are not here, and there's a lot of people that should be here that are not here, but, but before we leave, I beg you, encourage somebody before you walk out these doors tonight. Make somebody glad they came here tonight. Make somebody thrilled that they showed up tonight. A Sunday uh, where, this is a Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, a Sunday where many churches are having Super Bowl parties if they're having church at all. And I do not condemn anyone uh, if they all want to get together and watch the Super Bowl after the service. But if the Super Bowl takes over the service, what do we do with 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12? It says, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God, God in the day of visitation. Hey, he says the world's watching us. The world is what, you know what? The world that drives up and down through here right now, they're watching Calvary Baptist Church to see if we're having church. Now, they may think we're weird. They may think we're strange for doing it. But bless God, they're watching us. They're watching this church. They're watching to see if church is going on right now. They're watching. They're watching to see if we're going to dim the light so we can see the film. They're watching to see what we're doing. And you say, well, uh, what, what do they think about it? I'm telling you that when you have your conversation honest among the Gentiles, what they begin to see is your good works and they shall behold and glorify God by your good works. Amen. There are people to be reached. That young, young lady that showed up here today, I just believe she came because this church has not given up on going to the neighborhoods and reaching people. We must ask ourselves, are our actions causing others to glorify God? Or all over America today, the actions of Christians are causing others to glorify the Broncos. Or glorify the Pan Panthers. Is it Panthers? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you for? <laughs> Liar. Well, what are we, what are our actions glorifying? Well, tonight, hopefully, we're here to glorify God. Amen. But I want to just take a, take a look, and it's going to be, again, we just have a few minutes because I'm not going to keep you late, and we had Lord's Supper, and I took a little bit extra time on that. But, but Hebrews 10.25 is such an important verse. 
especially at this, this time of history. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Obviously, the day is approaching. Things are not getting better, it's getting worse. The day of the Lord is approaching, and I believe that's what he's talking about here, the day of the Lord. And God says we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves to gather as the manner of some is. But I, want you, I went to an English teacher one time, and, and I felt like it was this way, and, and I was halfway decent in, in English back in the day. But, but I went to him, and I said, this, this verse, I, I really want to understand it. It says not forsaking, forsaking the assembling of ourselves to gather as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. But then it says, and so much the more. What does so much the more go to? What does so much the more apply to in that verse? Does the so much the more apply to the assembling together? Or does the so much the more apply to the exhorting one another? And I asked this English teacher, and she said to me, it's equal. And you know, that spoke volumes to me when she said that. So much the more, and here's what God says. He said, you know, as you see the day approaching, the world's not getting better, the world's getting worse. And he said, because the world's getting worse, the more time we spend out there, the more beat up we get as a Christian. You know, when I started with the military ministry back in 1986, it was amazing the, the patriotism in the, in the fellas, with the fellas that I dealt with. It was amazing how they, you know, you could, all, you could say something about, uh, honestly, you could say something about homosexuality and, and the fellas uh, were, of course, they were against that being in the military. But as the years passed by, as the years continued and it was there for almost 20 years with them, it seemed like there was a different mentality it was so many now that were even coming in, and I don't know if it is now, I've been away from it you know, with, the, with the war that's going on, but, but, but so many as I was exiting there in, in 2001 and two and three, uh, that you know, in the late 90s, they were, there, they were there for school. They were there for a paycheck. They were there because they wanted to get trained for a job. And, and, and the patriotism wasn't there. And if you mentioned anything about homosexuality, they... They, they would almost like look at you and some would even make the comment, you don't have the right to say that. And I'd say, fellas, I'm not, I'm not telling you what's politically right, I'm telling you what's biblically right. And so we see a digression in this world and when you go to the military base, when you go to, uh, to work, when you go where, and there was a day even uh, when I left, I went from the police department 13 months before I went to Bible college. I went to, to uh, a job. I went stocking shelves for Fred's super store, well, Fred's store. And, and, I, and I went in the training process 13 months later as the operations manager of the superstore. Had 125 employees. And, and, and when I resigned there because God called me to preach, I can remember walking into the Mr. Bedour's office. They took me all the way up. I went through the, the, the district supervisor. I went through the regional supervisor. I went all the way, and it was in the corporate offices already, the store was, 
at the lower level and I went all the way up to Mr. Bedour's office, which was, was probably the size of this auditorium, his office. And, and I came in and sat down in, his, in a chair there and he said, uh, he said, haven't we taken care of you? And I said, yes, sir, you have. They'd give me five promotions in 13 months. I said, you've taken care of me. He said, don't you like it here? And I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, I don't understand. I understand you're resigning. Why are you leaving? I said, sir, I, 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 I'm called to preach. I've, God has told me to go to Bible college. When I said that, he pushed back from his desk and he said, son, why didn't you tell me that? And I said, sir, I didn't know I was supposed to. And he said, he said, you've got to do what God called you to do. And that man got on the phone, picked up the phone. He started back down that chain of command to the regional supervisor. And I'm sure he called the district supervisor and they came all the way. By the time I left his office and got back down to the store, those 125 employees had taken up an offering, had gotten me a Bible. They had all signed it for me. They were all helping me any way they could because he said, do whatever you can to help this young man. You know, the whole story was for me going to preach the gospel. How is it at your job now? How is it as your place of employment now? The world that we knew even 20 and 30 years ago, here's what we don't understand. The children sitting in here have no conception of that world. This is the saddest thing that I'll ever say. Your children believe that this America is normal. This is their norm. Because it's all they've ever known. The day is approaching and God said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more. He said the day is approaching, so we need to gather together more, not less. But in this day and age, churches are canceling services, not increasing services. And even violating the scripture because they'll say, well, we're going to have a Sunday night service, but we're going to be, we're going to be in cell groups or we're going to be in home things. But God says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. This is not a time to stop services. According to scripture, this is time to increase them. And I know you said, but man, we're so busy. How much more can we do? I'm not, even, I'm not saying that we need to have, you know, a Tuesday night service and a Wednesday night service. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that what we do have, we ought to show up for. And, I, and watch this. You're thinking, bro, Hooker, we came on Super Bowl Sunday. And I know you did. But I know who's after you, just like he's after me, just like he's after anybody else in this room. He's after our children. And again, the norm for our children, as time passes, the norm is Sunday morning only. The norm for our children is, is no Wednesday night, of course. The norm for our children is, of course, you, t you would take off on Super Bowl Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. What is the big deal? The big deal is God said not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together. Now why, now, why was it so important that we assemble together? 
Why is it so important that in this crazy world we live in, and this evil world we live in, and the conflict and the confusion and the heartache and the, and the death and disease that goes on around us and, and the attack and the criticism, why is it so important that we gather together more? Because God said, while we gather together more, that gives us an opportunity to do something very important, and that's encourage each other. Encourage each other. Provoke each other to love and to good works. That's why God brings us together. Yes, we want to, look, it ought to provoke us. You say, well, it's to get people saved. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, seeing those people get saved, that provokes me to love and good works. Seeing people's lives change, but, but God is saying for us, or maybe everybody here is saved tonight. I hope everybody is saved tonight. But I'm telling you, that doesn't mean we just came here just to hear me make noise or to go through some few verses and to get through some uh, a little ceremony and then walk out. Again, rub that rabbit's foot. No, we came here to encourage one another. And I'm going to do a lousy job of it, but bless God, you ought to be a cheerleader for somebody before they leave here tonight. You ought to encourage somebody before they leave here tonight. We ought to be God. You say, what am I to do? Encourage them. That's what God said. So much the more encourage them. So much the more encourage them. So much the more encourage them. I don't know what you're going through, but I know your wife is gone. And she's been having to be gone a lot. Amen. I can testify. That's not easy. Now, for some people, it's probably a good thing. But for me and you, it's not good. You have to sit here alone tonight. Before you walk out of here tonight, I hope you understand this. An old bald-headed man loves you. And I want to do what I can to encourage you. And I don't even know what that is, but I, I want to do something to help you know that somebody remembers that you, what you're going through. And we can't understand it completely, but we think about it and we pray for you. And I want to go, look, I want to, Jeremy to know somebody cares about me. Look, anybody that's ugly has got to be hurting. So I care about him. But there's people in here that are hurting. There are people in here battling sickness. There's people in here that are battling heartache. And we put on a good face and we, and we smile and everything's okay. But I'm telling you this, somebody just needs a pat on the back. Somebody just needs somebody to grab their hand and hold it a second longer. Somebody just needs to look at somebody else and say, I'm here for you. Because that's why we gather. Because when you walk out of here tomorrow morning, I don't know that you're going to work beside somebody that's going to pray for you. I don't know that you're going to work beside... Now, hopefully you do, especially if you're in a Christian school. But, the, um, <laughs> but it's such a simple message. But I couldn't get it off my heart. And I thought, okay, first of all, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. And I've been around church long enough to know 
Who are we going to have here tonight? And boy, this is such a wonderful example of, of the up and down. And I, I had to deal with this in Salem. It used to, in a Salem ministry, my wife would tell you, we'd have these big days. And they'd come out of nowhere. And I'd get 100 sailors, 120 sailors, and 50 of them get saved. And man, I would be just sky high. Next weekend, I got 11. And I'd be depressed. Well, I found out after a while, you know what? There's no need living that way. So every day, every weekend, whatever we had, my Bible says, therewith be content. Whatsoever state I'm in, therewith be content. And right now I'm in the state of Tennessee and I'm going to be content. <laughs> now the fact is, is that he said, just be content. So I knew, you know, there probably wouldn't be as many people here tonight as was this morning. And this morning, there's a crowd here. There's a great crowd here. And I believe a lot of them God just brought in the door. And it's wonderful when we get to reach those people. It's wonderful when we get to greet visitors. It's wonderful when we get to encourage them. But bless God, it is wonderful when the family gets together and we can encourage each other. How many of you like coffee? Amen. It, now, would it do you any good if I just walked up to you and said, hey, I'm going to buy you a cup of coffee? Well, if you like coffee, it probably means something. I'm not going to do that, but I just thought, you know, I just. <laughs> Man, couples retreats break me. No. Again, I, I don't even know what more to say and probably shouldn't say anymore, but just let me ask this. Anybody here tonight? Bow your heads. Bow your heads. This is not an invitation. I just want you to bow your head. Would you be honest with me tonight? Are you hurting? Is there something that you're worried about, that you're concerned about, that you're hurting? Is the Cummins little baby that so up to six and a half pounds now. Just, she just told me this morning that that little one may have RSV. I got a feeling Mrs. Cummins is pretty nervous right now. I got a feeling that she'd like to be encouraged right now. I got a feeling that it would encourage her soul if somebody laid their hand on her shoulder and said, let's pray for that little one. Are you hurting? Would you raise your hand for me? And just say, I'm going to admit it. I've got something that's hurting inside. I'm going to admit it. I want to pray just a moment. Father, please. Dear God, I pray that we of the church of all places, that, that we would be the place that would uplift, that would encourage, that would inspire people that are hurting. Dear God, please help us. You said so much the more for us to exhort one another. And Lord, we need your wisdom even how to do that. How can we exhort one another? As the darkness and evil increases, 
we as fellow Christians need to meet and exhort and encourage and uplift each other so much the more. Father, I pray you bless everybody in this room. Help us that we might encourage someone. And Lord, I've got a feeling that would encourage us as we encourage someone. Please bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now in this room, there are people carrying burdens and heartaches and sorrows. There are people with fears and even despair. We must realize that it's not enough to walk in the door and sit and go home fed. But if we really fulfill the purpose God allowed us to have the church, a called out assembly, as we assemble, we've got to exhort each other, encourage each other before we leave. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. And God said so much the more. And it's just a real simple, almost a mathematical equation. You can't encourage them so much the more if we don't assemble together so much the more. The two have to go together. And so we gather one more time tonight to encourage one another. Going to be a little bit of different invitation tonight. And I don't know how to turn out, honestly. But if you're somebody that you say, I know someone, I sense someone, I believe someone that I love in this church is hurting. We're going to have a moment of invitation. We'll, but maybe would you mind going to them and praying with them? It doesn't have to be long, just a moment, just to tell them I love you and I'm praying. And maybe just for a moment we could pray together. Maybe just for a moment we could encourage each other. If we'd all stand and